You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Devastation on the Nation 2020, which the Vox and Hops podcast is a proud sponsor of, is sadly another victim of the COVID-19 virus, but Daniel DeFonce, the man behind Metal Festival Tours and Continental Touring, managed to postpone the tour and has already announced next year's tour dates, so Devastation on the Nation 2021, featuring the same lineup, Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant, will be running from February 11th all the way through till March 14th. Huge shout-out to Daniel DeFonce for getting this all together so quickly. Much love and respect. Super stoked to be a part of Devastation of the Nation 2021. I am as disappointed as everyone else is regarding this year's cancellation, but as with everything else that's been canceled, everyone's health and safety is priority number one, so everyone made the right decision. Everyone needs to take care of themselves right now. Everyone needs to stay home, practice some social distancing, surround yourself with loved ones, and stay safe. So Devastation 2021 is coming at you next year. Super stoked. So proud that Daniel DeFonce got this all pulled together. Much love and respect. I got to say it again. I'm impressed. As with everything else in the entertainment industry, everything that I had been planning, all the craft beer parties, I had some upcoming events that are also in the works, are all on holes, all either postponed or canceled. The COVID-19 virus is something that we need to take seriously. And as I just mentioned, the best way to do that is to practice social distancing. Organizing events right now is just out of the question. So everyone stay safe, wash your hands, stay home, and take care of your loved ones and yourself. That is what is most important right now. Earlier this week, I dropped a Facebook post containing all of the Bandcamp links to all of the Vox and Hops alumni projects and bands. Today, Friday, March 20th, Bandcamp is waiving all of their fees for all of their artists. So if you want to help out the Vox and Hops alumni to help them through this financial crisis, which is arising due to the COVID-19 virus, today's the day to do it. It's the best way to support the Vox and Hops alumni at the time being, since you can't go and see them live and enjoy the experience that way. I put the link to that post in the description of this podcast. You should absolutely go through it and support the artists that you respect, love, and adore. 
Hey, this is Sasha from Intronaut, and you're listening to Vox and Hops. Hey, thank you so, so much, Sasha. I had such a great, great interview with him, which I released last week. If you haven't had the chance to listen to that, you absolutely should. While you guys are in social isolation, don't just watch a lot of Netflix. Listen to some podcasts. Treat yourself to go through the back catalog of the Vox and Hops podcasts. All of those are available on all podcast platforms and at www.voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. All of my episodes are up there. And uh, if you've just gotten into the podcast, now's the best time to go back and to uh, dive deeper into some of my previous episodes with the Vox and Hops alumni. On today's episode, I am with Enrico Di Lorenzo from Hideous Divinity. Here it is, Vox and Hops episode number 118. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Enrico Di Lorenzo from Hideous Divinity. So good to be back with you. Oh. Super happy to be with you. Ah, super happy to be with you. It's a pleasure. We're at Le Saint-Buc Brasserie Artisanale. One of my favorite places in Montreal to come drink some craft beer. If you're downtown Montreal and you're looking for craft beer, you got to come here. We were actually just delivered a beautiful beer. This is called uh, Je Te Dis Pas, which is a double IPA. Let's see what it's got. Cheers. Wow, lovely. Yeah, it's got um, it's a little bit dank. It has a almost like an amber more color on the body. Nice little white head. I always say that and it makes myself laugh. Uh, it's a little bit bitter, but it's uh, sweet. Classic Vox and Hops question. I always like to start with this one because it tells me where you came from. What was the soundtrack to your youth when you were growing up? What music was playing in your house when you were in control of the radio? Oh, well, I am from Roma, from Rome, Italy. And uh, I'm actually a strange guy because in my house I have uh, nothing to listen to music. I only listen to music in my car, essentially. Yeah. Wow. It was not a, a choice. Uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I noticed that I had a CD that I wanted to listen and uh, I had no way to listen to it. I always listen to music in my car. <laughs> Probably it's because in Rome we have a lot of traffic, so you spend uh, one hour, two hours, three hours each day in your car. So uh, it's a good place to listen to music. Holy shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> so when you get like new mixes... For Hideous Divinity, do you have to go for a drive? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I always check our mix on, uh, in, in my car. Yes. Okay, when we are working on a new album, you actually search for a condition to listen to uh, the mix, to listen to different situations. But, for example, with Simulacrum, I had to search for a stereo reproducer because I had nothing to play the CD on. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but I meant when you were young, in your parents' house, what music was playing was the, really my original I question. was totally into black metal when I was uh, 16 and before that I was into hard rock most uh, Italian hard rock and uh, punk music then I entered black metal then death metal then I had a huge flirt with uh, industrial rock and industrial metal and, uh, and then back to death metal where I am 
Was it easy in being from Rome? Did a lot of tourists come through? Was it easy for you to see artists that you wanted to see? Absolutely not, because all the, t the European tour used to stop in the north of Italy at the time. Still now, actually. And Rome is... Uh, if you have to plan a tour, if you want to play in Rome, you have to consider that you have to spend one day going down to Rome and then one day going up to enter again Austria or Switzerland. So from the logistic point of view, it's very hard. Still, sometimes it happens that uh, a Euro tour stops in Rome. For example, in uh, April, we are uh, touring with uh, Terrorizer in Europe. And we've been surprised yesterday to find out that there will be uh, a gig in Rome. Cool. That for us is a total surprise. It's kind of good because we could wash our laundry. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big hometown show for you guys. Yeah. So all your friends and family can come out. Exactly. Exactly. I personally hate those shows. <laughs> no, I don't. We have I, not hate, been... I hate playing Montreal. I hate it. You know what? We have not been playing in Rome for uh, eight years. Wow. Yes. And uh, a couple of months ago, we played in Rome. We said, okay, see you in eight years and now we're playing again <laughs> so <laughs> there, there goes your marketing pitch yeah <laughs> um what about that first big concert a band that actually made it down to rome that you went out an extreme concert it was not an extreme concert my first concert was the most extreme ever the first concert i saw in my life it was pink floyd in wow rome. really yes i don't care if i'm not labeled extreme they are extreme stop <laughs> well their show is extreme yeah absolutely the production's just out of this world it's, it was not a production it was disneyland <laughs> absolutely it was something i was 14 and i said okay okay where the fuck am i it was something incredible for me uh, funny things i had nothing no one in my family jigging pink floyd it was my decision i i, I begged my father please i want to see this concert my father oh, okay i, I can't remember this band yes from my youth and then uh, that's what it happened and uh, i could not be more happy than that how, how hard was it to finally form a band being from Rome, finding like-minded musicians that like the same extreme music as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very when it's hard. such a starved Very hard, scene, actually, yeah. because in Rome we have uh, a very complex scene. Because Rome is uh, an immense city. It's four millions of people. And it's full of bands, as you can tell from, you know, uh, it's full of death metal bands in Rome. But we have a terrible scene if we if i can tell we are a few clubs they do not they do not work very well because important tour hardly come to rome so they're every time struggling with surviving that means always the same bands that plays and brings friends and friends that is something incredible to hear about the capital of Italy like uh, like Rome is uh, so it was very hard to find people to have uh, a good band I've been lucky actually because um, after a lot of years I always I've been always singing uh, since I have memory I always played with bands you know 
a band starts and a band stops and you don't think about it. Uh, I remember the day that I received a call by the other Enrico of uh, the band, Enrico Scattino, saying, okay, I moved back uh, to Italy. I want to, this, to start this new band. Uh, it's going to be called Hideous Divinity. And uh, it's going to all be focused on grudge and on revenge. Because it's always been so <laughs> Okay, I said, okay, do I have these bad feelings in my heart? Yes, I have. Okay, I'm totally in. And then we started. And since then, I've been lucky because we, we started working together almost... Almost 10 years ago, it's uh, eight years, nine years, and uh, we never had problems. So, fuck, life is beautiful. You guys just signed to Century Media. Yes, you just released really. your first major label album, which is absolutely incredible. Yes, it is. <laughs> Why do you think it took 10 years to get there? Well, actually, we couldn't sign before because we had a three album deal with a unique leader. And uh, actually, I don't think there was such the interest in our band from uh, other labels. Other at least, it was what uh, I used to think. But when we did the last album with uh, Unique Leader that actually closed the deal, we've been offered a new deal from Unique Leader as well. But suddenly, all the labels that I used to read in the back of uh, the CDs when I was a kid, I, I still had something to play my CDs on when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I read the, all these names that for me was just a dream. They suddenly start to write us. I say, oh, we are interested, we are interested. Ah, okay. Now things start moving. Why it took, uh, why it took uh, eight years, nine years to happen, I have no idea. Sincerely, uh, I like to think that we we are not a band built on uh, an exploit. We didn't start out of nowhere with the perfect album. We we still have to do the perfect album. But what I want to say is that we we put brick by brick the whole house up, and uh, now I start working. But I think it took this time because it's it is what we can offer. We can offer something solid. We can offer a consistency in what we do and how we do. We are not the Guns N' Roses uh, style of band. We are more the nerd in his own, working hard on every little detail. If we say we are doing this, you can tell that we are doing this. But this is something that you can prove in a lot of years, actually. I like to think that we did. What would be that turning moment when you knew that something had changed? Well, when uh, Cannibal Corpse offered us to tour with them, uh, we were all in our 30s, in uh, our advanced 30s. i talking about me and Enrico, the other guys are too fucking young. <laughs> uh, and my first reaction was, oh, I cannot do that. I have my medical office to run. I cannot do that. But my girlfriend at the time told me, oh man, you have to do it. Are you crazy? And uh, I started thinking, okay, I have a couple of guys that I formed at university that can work for me. I can be in touch with them. Okay, well, let's fix it. I put these guys working uh, in my instance in my office, and then uh, I went to tour. And it was a blast. It was something that I could never think about it when I was still a, a young kid with a CD player. <laughs> uh, and uh, then... Uh, after that, 
I saw that I could tour and actually be at the phone working with my colleague. They sent me the picture of the patients, of the their larynx. Okay, what do you think? What do we have to do? I, I actually manage everything from uh, here, even oh, really? right now. Yeah. Uh, Let, I can let's do just it. touch on it because in, in, for people listening, I know what you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just because touch on it. Let's explain what, yeah, what your job as, is. Uh, my day job, uh, I am a laryngologist. I am a phonetrician. I am a doctor. Uh, and uh, I specialized in the pathology of voice, especially in the artistic field. That's why it's uh, easy and actually good for me to be in tour and to prove that what I say about voice and what I say about extreme voice, it, it's actually true. We can do what we do and we can survive that. For a metalhead uh, is kind of easy to understand, but trust me, for my patients and for my colleague is something that sounds like a miracle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you manage your whole clinic whilst on tour? Yeah, my my office. It's not a clinic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still cool. It's still cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, I manage my office. Uh, I have. Uh, this colleagues of mine that works for me when I'm not uh, when I'm not there and uh, we still manage to bring it on of course when I when I'm back home I will have uh, a lot of work <laughs> to, to do and but you know when I'm working in my office I miss touring when I'm touring I miss my office so it's human nature yeah you hear that everyone at Enrico is gonna suffer to bring you the show tonight <laughs> he's gonna suffer when he gets home yes <laughs> let's talk about that how did you decide to become a laryngologist how did how did that come about well uh when i finished school and i started to look for what to do at the university i i decided to do medicine and uh, my father was a doctor actually said me okay Please don't do it. Really? Yeah, yes. you you have not the commitment to to do a doctor. You like to sing too much. You want to be a singer. You don't want to be a doctor. So okay, probably you're right. I like voice, but I am a, a curious monkey. I need to know how my body works. So I started medicine just because I I wanted to know the most about uh, myself and everybody else and also because uh, again I can sound stupid but I'm an altruistic person so I said if I have to do something that is not singing I want to help people to feel better so I started studying medicine I always thought that uh, I could not do it actually I finished it with summa cum laude and uh, then I said okay what the fuck am I gonna do of my life and I found out that it was this uh, post-graduation school about phoniatrics so it's a sort of uh, ENT but more specialized on voice so I said okay now my life makes sense I spent four years in the school uh, studying voice studying singers there was days in which my patients were 20 singers opera singers rock singers pop singers and then I said okay I have the instrument I have the knowledge I have the voice Let's see what the fuck happens during growling and screaming. I put a camera through my nose and my larynx and I started my studies on extreme field. I, I've been probably the first one to study uh, extreme vocals from the scientific point of view in the right way. What I want to say, we all know that there are 
some kind of popular studies that we we saw about a certain way to growl, a certain way to scream, but every growler and screamer said, okay, it's not actually the real sound. Uh, I did it on real growler, real screamer, and not uh, people uh, uh, copying this kind of sound. Okay, Like those, the fry. Uh, yeah, like the fry. Yeah, that's something that everyone does, but it's not the main It's not what happens structure. on stage. Exactly, exactly. It's not what happened on, on, stage, uh, on stage. So I studied all the growler I, I knew. I studied so on cool. me. Yeah, it was so cool. Absolutely cool. It what did you discover? At the time, I discovered uh, something that now is uh, public. Everybody knows it. But when we started, when I started, it was not so clear. During growling and screaming, and that's the reason why your vocal folds, if you're good, are safe, uh, are still healthy. We used to keep our vocal folds open so the airflow passes through them and can activate the upper structure on the larynx. It means false vocal folds and ari, uh, arytenoid caps and ariepiglottic folds. This is due to a phenomenon that is called in physics uh, Bernoulli effect. That is why when you leave a, uh, an half-open door and there's wind, it closes. Because when the airflow starts to accelerate, the pressure uh, decreases. So these mucosa are attracted together and they start to dance. So with my first studies, I found out what, which was the structure vibrating. It was not something done by the vocal force. Okay, of course, they vibrate, but not so much as we could think just hearing the sound. But uh, I wasn't satisfied. So in 2015, I guess, or 14, I've been in California, in Los Angeles, to do a research with uh, Dr. Izdebski, that is a colleague of mine, a very famous laryngologist from uh, California. And we used a nice speed camera, that is a camera that uh, shot uh, videos in uh, 5,000 frames per wow. second. Yes. So that's how we could actually see what really happens. What is moving, really. Exactly. Yeah. And we found something crazy. That is something that you can tell by your ear. But to see it is amazing. We have different structures vibrating together. We have vocal folds vibrating in a very special way. They are open for the most of the time and touch only occasionally. I would say one, one millisecond each second and we have false vocal folds aryepiglottic caps aryepiglottic folds vibrating and each structure vibrates with different uh, speeds mm. we have different many sounds on each structures we have many structures vibrating and each structure has different sounds on it that's why we hear this kind of white noise slash growling exiting from the larynx and then what we do with our vocal tract is what brings up the extreme voice of growling and screaming. This was the first time that uh, an extreme sobraglottic sound was um, 
studied actually probably the first time of a sovraglottic uh, sound studied with uh, uh, high speed uh, imaging and uh, we published it I, we published it while I was touring with Cannibal Corpse so it was kind of too perfect kinda, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was George beautiful. is a beast yeah yeah and uh, now I, I have to tell you I've been surprised about the reaction I thought it would just have been some freaky stuff in the medical field, but actually my colleagues went crazy for this. Now it's easy for a, a metalhead, for an extreme singer to just enter a laryngologist's office and say, okay, I'm a growler, yes, I know what you do. It's n we are not considered clowns uh, anymore. Someone that's just yeah, ruining I, their voice. Exactly. They read about it. They read on books when they studied. They read on books when they're uh, still studying, even if they work. So um, we discovered a new way of function on the larynx. And we discovered it digging into extreme metal. It's awesome. fucking beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the, the study I'm talking about, uh, you actually, you, you probably saw it on, uh, you know, this size, like metal Metal size, injection. Metal, metal injection. Yeah. Yeah. That article is metal screamer, uh, screams like babies. Okay, it was that stupid article, actually, because... Uh, they like their clickbait. Yeah, but uh, it, it was my study. Oh yeah, yeah, they just took. Oh, the scream like babies because babies can babies can scream all day and not yeah, hurt yeah, their yeah. vocals. Do you remember vocal. that? Larynx? Yes, of course. Yes. That was me. Yes. But I forgot to say it was me. But I knew it was you because <laughs> I watched it and you saw you. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was you actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was me. Okay. Funny thing. You guys owe you guys owe uh, Enrico uh, a shout out. Metal sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I have nothing against. Did you, you guys study uh, like Tibetan throat singers? Because I feel from who I've, I've spoken to a bunch of singers over this, and a lot of it is tied together. The screaming and Tibetan throat singing are like the same technique. Okay. I have a lot of patients of mine that actually do that. Awesome. There are a lot of things in common because the main things of the harmonic singing, more than what structure vibrate, everything, everyone is focused on Kargira for the first. <laughs> okay, it's nothing special. <laughs> What's special is the management of the harmonics. That's actually what makes the difference between a growler and uh, uh, a young boy going crazy because mom doesn't buy him uh, the new car. Okay, that is just screaming without control. What we do is to manage the energy inside the spectrum, and it's really, really, really close to what happened in tuba singing and harmonic singing in uh, in general. So there are a lot of huge connections. Usually, when uh, an extreme singer starts practicing tuba or throat singing in general, even just for fun, they always end up with a, a more cruel vision of their voice. Because actually, when you practice overtone singing, you dig inside the sound. Mm -hmm. You just took one note, and then you move the energy inside that one note. So vocal folds works at the same speed for uh, all the time, and you work with the vocal tract. When we produce an extreme sound, what we do is too many sounds together to be managed. So the only way we have to move from growl to scream into different grave scale between this low and high pitch sound 
if we cannot control the pitch what is we can control the equalization of the sound we can mm -hmm. control the filter yes that's why we have all this huge connection between uh, overtone singing tuba singing and extreme singing as different ways to do different things but they're close relatives really close <laughs> it's a beautiful thing yes it is it's a beautiful beautiful thing I have to touch on craft beer as you take a nice sip. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I am uh, a good consumer, but I have no culture about that. <laughs> is, is there a craft beer scene in Italy, in Rome? The, uh, we started in Italy uh, to have our, our good craft beers we always said but it was nothing special in the last five seven years uh, something changed you actually start going uh, in a club and order an italian beer which is good I think yeah, that's what should happen, yeah we have we have not an italian style of beer okay we have we have not an italian style well you guys have wine um wine is such a big important yeah, part we, of your we have, culture we, we have a culture in wine we don't have a culture on beer no uh, but uh, in italy we are good uh, in learning and copying <laughs> <So>. <laughs> inspired yeah 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 we are easily inspired by good do, do you have a, a craft brewery in mind yeah that you can name give a shout out to birra del borgo okay Birra del Borgo. Actually, if I'm not wrong, Heineken bought it, but they're still uh, independent in the production. So they're not uh, small anymore, but they have this uh, small way of producing. And it's funny because I started drinking Birra del Borgo and then I found that uh, the Borgo, they're talking about Borgo means uh, small city, was the Borgo where my mother was from. Really? Yeah, a, a little village in the middle of nowhere in the center of Italy. Funny things, funny story. Life is connected. <laughs> yeah, it's really too much. strange. Sometimes it's scared. <laughs> if uh, you could ever get Birra del Borgo to make a hideous divinity craft beer, what style beer would it be and what would the beer be named? Well, I would ask for uh, an IPA because I've all be, always been an IPA drinking, even before it was uh, a trend, actually. Cool. Yeah. I am uh, an hipster inside. <laughs> 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 I would ask for uh, an IPA and I uh, would ask them to call it, uh, how can I say, IP Extreme. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that for you. You mentioned that you used to drink IPAs before they were cool. Let's talk about that. Where did you find IPAs? Where did you find craft beer? How, what was that experience? Well, it's not, not the good way, actually. <laughs> uh, I think I was already drunk and uh, I entered uh, a club. No, it was not a club, exa exactly. I was exiting a club and I entered a pub, an old style pub. I just said, hey, when there one beer, <laughs> and they gave me, they, they gave me this beer. I sipped it, and oh, immediately I came clean. I said, "Oh my God, this is very beautiful." And then I slowed down a lot <laughs> because I needed to taste, appreciate it, it. to appreciate it. I think uh, that a good beer is uh, the best way to drink less, actually, and it's something that. 
could be considered. I, I don't know how, how things work here in Canada. In Italy, we have a lot of problem with alcohol, actually. A lot of problem with uh, younglers and alcohol. Because also due to all these alcohol pops, that is when they try to make alcohol easier to, to be drink. We have a lot of young people drinking a lot because they're, they cannot feel the connection between the taste and the amount of alcohol they're drinking. What is good in a good craft beer is that, first of all, you can tell how much alcohol is in your glass. Yeah, it's not hidden with sugar. Exactly, exactly. They're not trying to kill the flavor. Okay, there's alcohol, you can tell there's alcohol. And it's there for a reason. Yeah. And uh, you want to taste it. You want to understand it. You want to to follow the evolution of the of the taste in your mouth so you start drinking slowly if you drink less maybe you pay more that is okay there's more work on it so it's better to pay more in the end of the night you're probably gonna pay the, the exact amount of money that you will pay on a crappy commercial beer but you you will not be drunk your liver will be okay your night will be better in the end You hear that, everyone? We should all listen to Enrico. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I am that, a doctor. That is, that is not my story. <laughs> What do you expect from me? I am a doctor, man. <laughs> There's only one problem with uh, this kind of beer and, uh, and boys, actually. And it's a sad one. If they're not pasteurized, which a lot of time they're not, they have a lot of bacteria still alive. Then that can uh, cause reflux. Actually, oh, well, they do not cause reflux. If you suffer from reflux, it can be, it can get worse. It might trigger it. Yeah, it, okay. it might trigger your reflux if you suffer from it. But again, if you drink slowly, if you eat something uh, while you're drinking, you're not gonna have problem. And, de and dehydration. Hydration. Of dehydration, course. that's the biggest problem with craft beer. Yes, yes. Alcohol is a diuretic, so if you're thirsty, if you have to sing, do not drink beer. It's not gonna help. Come on, you're gonna lose water. <laughs> you need to drink water. Drink after the show or like we're doing before the show. But then I will drink three or four bottles of water, so <laughs> it will be okay. <laughs> You're a machine. <laughs> Enrico, thank you so much. Coming, drinking a beer with me. Thank you. I love a brother. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. When this whole COVID-19 virus exploded in Italy, my hideous divinity brothers were the first people I thought of. I was worried about them, but through social media, I saw that they were okay. They were doing well. Much love and respect to all my boys over in Italy. Everyone over there, uh, it's, it's just devastating. We all must stay strong right now. We all must stay safe together, yet apart. So everyone continue your social distancing. I'm mentioning it a lot so far in this episode, but it's something that I truly believe in. It's something that, uh, it's the only way that we're going to curb this virus. So stay safe, stay apart. Remember to enjoy some craft beers, but not too many of them because we sort of got to stay sharp During this day and age, until this whole thing is over, we got to keep our wits about us. So um, enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. But for the first time out of 118 episodes, I'm going to say enjoy your craft beer responsibly. 
Much love and respect. Wash your hands. Stay home. Stay safe. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.